On today's episode, we are taking a closer look at the playoff race as we boil down to the final week of games. Plus, we're going to take a look at one Cavs rookie who's been lighting it up as of late. All that and more on Check the Scoreboard. All right, y'all, welcome into episode 30. This is episode 30 of Check the Scoreboard. I can't believe that we've already hit the big 3-0 mark, but thank you all for listening and tuning in week after week. We are about to hit playoff time. We are entering the final week of games. Playoffs kick off April 13th. We're at the end of March. We've made it to the end of the month. It's the weekend, so there's a lot of good things going on right now, but a lot of bad things as well for some of these teams. And as we go through these progressions, as we go through the standings, we're going to take a look at two seventh-place teams. As of right now, they're in seventh place, and and really just how they've gotten there and and how things have been so not great for them, right? Uh, because we we know about the Golden States and the Milwaukee's and teams who've already clinched in in the, both the Eastern and Western Conference. In the Western Conference, six teams have already clinched. In the Eastern Conference, five teams have already clinched. So still some room for improvement, still some room for some teams to fall out of the races, Sometimes you know some room for some teams to jump into the races. But when you start out East, of course you've got Milwaukee. They're blazing ahead of everyone else. They still don't even have 20. They don't even have 20 losses yet. They're 57 and 19. Then you've got the Raptors who are 53 and 23. You got the Sixers who are in third, the Pacers, Celtics, and those are the top five teams, all teams who have clinched playoff spots out of that Eastern Conference here in the NBA. And then you've got Detroit, Brooklyn, and Miami uh, who round out the top eight. Actually, that's not accurate. Um, that's the Google site. But according to NBA.com in the Eastern Conference, well, yeah, it is Miami. So, okay, yeah. So they pulled even, or they're now ahead of, of Orlando by a half game, uh, which is which is great for Miami and bad for Orlando if you root for the Magic. And it's great for the Heat if you root for the Heat. Um, but, you know, focusing in on 6-7-8 here out east, Detroit, Brooklyn, Miami, and even Orlando, so six, seven, eight, nine, separated by just a game and a half, right? Detroit, 18 and a half back in the first place, and then you've got the Magic, who are 20 back. So from 18 and a half to 20, I didn't go to school for math, but I just know that's a game and a half. That's a game and a half difference. Um, and then from, from six to seven, from, from Detroit to Brooklyn is a half game. And then from Miami to Brooklyn – is also a half, another half game. So any of these teams lose, and especially if Brooklyn or Miami loses and Orlando wins, Orlando's in the playoffs. You know, if one of these teams loses, if Miami loses and Brooklyn loses, but Orlando, or, but Orlando wins, then Miami falls out. Brooklyn luckily stays at seven in this in this race. And I think Brooklyn's one of these teams. I it would be great to see Brooklyn get into the playoffs. They're thirty eight and thirty eight. They've already eclipsed their win total from last year by well over 10 games or you know, at least 10 games right now, and they're going to continue going up. Um, just they've had a tough week. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked about the stretch that they were about to hit when they when they go out out west. Uh, they went, you know, they they travel through Oklahoma City, Utah, the clip, you know, L.A., Sacramento, you know, back to L.A. to play the Lakers. Portland, and then they rounded it up with Philly. But their West Coast trip 
not so great. They went two and four, you know, on that West Coast swing. Their two wins were back-to-back wins in Sacramento and Los Angeles. And those were, you know, that Sacramento game was a game where D'Angelo Russell just absolutely went crazy. He went absolutely insane. He lost his he, he lost his mind is what he did. That was a game where he scored 26 points in the fourth quarter. It was the third time that he brought his team back from from being down by 20 points or more and, and, and willed them to victory. And then they turn around and they beat the Lakers and they eliminate the Lakers from playoff contention. But ever you know, since then they they've had two losses, and then like if you look at the games before that, they lost three in a row. So uh, not great. And then they even lost in Philly on Thursday night, one twenty three to one ten. Uh, so to, they really went two and five overall on this on this ultra important uh, road game stretch. And I get it, like the teams that they played, it wasn't easy, and they had a couple of tough games in there. They took Portland to double overtime. That Portland game. It was on NBA TV Monday night. That was a tough game. D'Angelo Russell had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of turnovers in that game, and he had a, a costly turnover late when when Brooklyn was up by one point, and they could have, they actually could have, you know, put the game away. Um, but a, a turnover from from D'Angelo uh, turned into a free throws on the other end for Portland, and that game ends up going into overtime, and then it goes into double overtime. And while I'm speaking about that game, you know. Certainly, you know, sending out my thoughts and my prayers to to, to Joseph Nurkic, who, who broke his leg in that game. It was a terrible injury. It was a gruesome injury. Um, I would like for injuries to pull up. I would like to take a couple of shots at injuries um, because it's – I hate it. And it ended his season. His season's over. And Nurk had 30 and 15 at that point. He had like 30, 15, like six assists before he went out with that injury. Uh, and I just – you don't even you just, you don't even want to think about what it does to Portland's playoff chances because it's I mean obviously of course but like just real life real time it's it's devastating and it was it's and it's horrible and it you know I'm hoping that Nurk can come back strong from that because he's really been having a spectacular year but back to Brooklyn tough game in Portland um, they lose they actually they lost a tough game against LA Lou Williams hits against the Clippers, that is, on, on March 17th. Lou Williams hits a game-winning three from almost, like, half court. It was ridiculous. You know, they lose, you know, 119 to 116. Um, they blew. I think they blew, like, a 15-point lead or something like that to Utah and ended up losing by a lot. So uh, a, lot, a lot of – it wasn't great for them. Um, D'Angelo Russell on the trip, he had a great trip. He averaged 26 a game, you know, 8.9 assists, 4.7 rebounds. He shot 42.5% from the field. And he shot thirty five percent from three, so he had he had a really good road swing, uh, but it just didn't translate to wins. And now because of it, well, luckily you know Miami and and Orlando have been so far behind them, and they've been struggling and losing you know the same nights that they've been losing. That they haven't really traded places with anyone, and they're still in seventh place. They're still in contention, um, and they're only a half game back uh, of the Pistons. So. Uh, I mean, really, they can jump up to six, you know, before the season's all said and done. We still got some games left. I don't know what thirty-eight and thirty-eight is, but it's uh, what at seventy-six. That's seventy-six. So they have six games left, and they're only a half game back of Detroit. I mean, a lot can happen. They could just as easily fall out. So a lot can happen between now and the end of the season for Brooklyn. But it would be great to see them in the playoffs. But on the other end of the spectrum, when you look at at the Western Conference. Uh, out west and you and you take a look at at their seven spot 
you're looking at the Thunder, um, who have had an abysmal and absolutely horrible March. They, you know, when the month started, they were in like fourth place, third place. Actually, they were ahead of the Trailblazers in third place when the month started, and now they're in seventh. They've gone four and seven this month. They're four and six in their last ten, despite Paul George having really strong performances. Um, he's got 31, 30, 28, 19, 31, and 29, and he's only shot under 30%. He's only shot under 40% twice. And the lowest that he shot over that stretch from the field was 34.5%. So um, over these last 10 games or, or these last six games or whatever, he hasn't really been shooting the ball that poorly. But when you look at it over the I – mean, even this month, he's, he's shooting 39, basically 40% from the field. If you round it up, I like to round up because it's cool. 34% from three, um, you know, and he's averaging 26 a game, but it's not translating into wins. At one point, they lost four games in a row, uh, and that was a stretch that included Indiana, Golden State, Miami, and Toronto. Um, so, I, I mean, and that's hurt them because when you look at the teams who are ahead of them now, they've been winning. Teams like the Clippers. The Jazz, the Rockets, the Trailblazers, the Trailblazers who who were without CJ McCollum are four and zero. They're undefeated without CJ. Um, the Jazz, I've, I've talked about it, you know, many times. The Jazz have one of the easier schedules closing out the season. They've they've played a bunch of really just teams who aren't in, even in the playoffs. They've played Phoenix already twice. And they've beaten them both times. They played the Timberwolves. They beat them by 20. They played the Wizards, beat them by 20. They played. They lost to the Hawks, which was one of the, the more perplexing losses. Um, but the Hawks are really turning it on. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Bulls. And they still play the – they beat the Lakers, you know. So teams who are not in the playoffs and teams who, who the Utah Jazz should beat, they are beating. And it's helping them uh, down the stretch. It's helping them when it comes to, to seeding uh, because now Utah sitting – in sixth place, you're looking at a three-six ma- or in fifth place, you're looking at a four-five matchup with Houston, and I think that could be a really that could be a strong that could be a strong series for Utah. Um, their season came, their season ended last year by the, you know at the hands of the Houston Rockets. That was a four-one series. Yeah, it would be nice to see a little bit of revenge from from Utah this year, but. Um, these teams are winning their games and Oklahoma City's not, and understandably so. They've had some tough matchups. But I mean, you've got an MVP candidate in Paul George. Westbrook, who's started to shoot who's starting to shoot the ball a lot better, you know, especially this month. Westbrook's up to he's shooting the ball forty four percent from the field. You know, his 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 three is about the same as it has been all year, thirty five percent. Um his free throw percentage has really suffered this year. It's the worst free throw shooting uh, year of his career, but I mean, he's up to 25 a game. He's averaging nine rebounds, eight assists. So he's shooting the ball better from the field and Paul George hasn't dropped off, but something's not right with this, with this Thunder team. They're, they're being outscored and, and just flat out beaten and they're losing to teams like the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, they, you know, they lost to the Timberwolves earlier this month. Um, you know, they lost to the Nets. They lost to the Jazz. You know, the Jazz, a team we're in front of them now. Uh, or actually, they beat the Jazz and they beat the Nets. I'm looking at this backwards. Uh, but, you know, they, they did lose to the Grizzlies. They've lost. I mean, they. I've talked about the four games in a row that they've lost. 
Um, it's just unfortunate that the you know the teams who are in front of them are just playing really good basketball and they just have a more favorable schedule. But I mean, such is the NBA, right? I mean, every you, you can't worry about the other you know, the teams who are in front of you or behind you. You got to worry about your opponent that night because they could just as easily beat you, like a Memphis Grizzlies team who's not in the playoffs, but they still have some solid players, right? They make the trade, they trade away Gasol, but they get Valanchunas back. Um, you know, they've still got Conley. They've got Parsons, who's come back from injury, who's shooting the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, they've got, I mean, so they've got some veterans on that team. They're not just going to fold up and lay down. And Memphis is really in a really weird spot because they're not really tanking, but they're not really rebuilding either because they, they I mean, they're not really tanking or rebuilding because they've got guys like Conley and Valanchunas, um, you know, um, CJ Miles is on that team. So it makes Memphis kind of dangerous. Um, you can't overlook them even, you know, despite their record. And and that's where OKC is. So when you're looking at these two teams, obviously Oklahoma City is going to make the playoffs. Uh, even though mathematically, I guess you could say mathematically, the Kings haven't been eliminated. Um, they're 37 and 38. The Spurs are are in that eight spot right now. They're only a half game back of the Thunder you know, who, who only actually sit three and a half games back of the Trailblazers. So uh, a push upcoming for, for Oklahoma City, when you look at the games that they have coming up, they've got Denver today, Friday. They've got Dallas on Sunday. they got the Lakers. they got the Pistons. they got the Timberwolves, the Rockets, and the Bucks. That's how their season ends. Now, that Rockets game is very winnable. It's winnable because of you've got perimeter defense and guys like Paul George, um, Robert, or not Robertson. Uh, I can't think of his, uh, Terrence, Terrence, uh, Ferguson, excuse me, Ferguson. Russ isn't a horrible defender, but he's a big body. He's six, three. He can guard Chris Paul, uh, who, who's standing at about six, one. So he can stay in front of him. I mean, so you've got perimeter guys to be able to hold, you know, Houston at bay, but it's just, I don't know. It's tough. Um, you're gonna have they're gonna have to win this Dallas game. They're gonna have to beat the Lakers. You know, they're gonna they're gonna have to find a way to beat the Rockets for sure. And who knows, maybe Milwaukee is is looking to rest players in that final game of the season. Uh, maybe um, I don't know. So they're only three games back of Portland. They could still make a climb up the ladder. It's it's not over. But there is cause for concern because of they haven't been playing that well despite two of their best players on the team. Um, you know, putting up Pretty good stats. I mean, besides Russ's seven-point game against the Warriors, he's got 17, 16, 18, 42, 19, and 31. I mean, and, and the game's around it. So he's performing, and he's showing up, and he's shooting the ball better from the field. And so is Paul George. But they're not getting the contribution that they usually get from the other players, the Dennis Schroeders, the, the Terrence Fergusons, the Jerry and Grants. Um, I hesitate to say Stephen Adams because Stephen Adams was such – He's such an integral part of that team, but even Steven Adams has, has been struggling as of late. So uh, this Thunder team going to have to figure it out or, I mean, a seven, a, a two, seven, if they match up with the Nuggets isn't awful. I think that's a, a favorable matchup for them. I think Denver is kind of young. I'm a little hesitant to, to roll with Denver in the playoffs because none of those guys have playoff experience, right? The, the most experienced guy on that team is Paul Millsap, who has experience with the Hawks. Um, and the Jazz, so he's the most experienced guy when it comes to playoffs. Everyone and and everyone else is pretty young. So 
Uh, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is on that is on that team, and he is experiencing the playoffs, but he he's in more of like a, a bench role coming off the bench. He's not really a starter, um, and he you know he's still working his way back. He might be rounded into form, uh, but you know, in a series against a, a veteran team like Oklahoma City, who has experience in the playoffs and, and guys who've been there before, and a team who has been there before collectively, I would take Oklahoma City in that. Um, that's just. And it might be close. It might be a six-game series. It might go seven. Who knows? Um, but I would pick Oklahoma City uh, over just a young and inexperienced, you know, Denver team that's going to come in with butterflies and they're going to be nerves and it's going to be a lot of adrenaline and they're going to they're just going to have to. It's going to take them a minute to settle down. They may split in Denver if the playoffs were to start today, and or if everything even holds in the playoff start and and it's two seven and it's Oklahoma City Denver. Denver may even end up splitting or Oklahoma may even getting a split in Denver and going back to Oklahoma City, which is going to be dangerous for a young team on the road in the playoffs. So, But we'll see how that goes um, with, with those guys. It, it all just – I mean, playoffs are just matchups and more than just who your team – you know, your team matchups, but individual player matchups. That's what it boils down to. Um, but we're going to take a break. This is going to be a shorter episode. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about um, one of the, you know, a Cavs rookie. We're going to talk about Colin Sexton. I'm going to go ahead and throw his name out there. Colin Sexton has been on fire as of late. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to dive into his numbers and take a look at just a rookie season that's really turned out pretty well for him, uh, despite being possibly overshadowed by Trey Young. Obviously, um, Luka Doncic and, and even a couple of other guys. So stay tuned. We'll check the scoreboard coming up after this. Welcome back into segment two here of Check the Scoreboard, episode 30. It's March 29th, and baseball season has kicked off. The MLB season's. I know we're going to get into college section in a moment, uh, but it's, it's so great to have baseball back. Um, I've been doing this basketball podcast since like Octoberish, Septemberish, and a lot of you have seen me on my tweets and and uh, if you've recently been following me, you may think that you know like I just follow basketball or something like that. But I mean, I grew up playing baseball. I spent my basically my entire life playing it up until just about four or five years ago, and it's really my first love. And to see baseball back and to have it back uh, is is exciting, and I'm about as excited as anyone uh, you'll meet. I just I love the sport. I love the game, um, and I'm ready to dive. I'm ready for a long summer, uh, you know, into to the fall. Hopefully, my Atlanta Braves can can bring home a World Series championship. Uh, that would be nice. Um, but uh, just it's great to have just baseball and and basketball as well kicking. You know, gun at the same time. We're gonna we're gonna have the playoffs going on as right as the, the regular season for baseball is getting into gear. And then the, the NFL draft is a month from now. So we'll have the draft, basketball, and baseball. So all three major sports will be sort of happening around the same time. And it's going to be a buzz on social media, and it's going to be a buzz in the sports world. And I, and I can't really – I can't wait. And then you have the NHL playoffs uh, about to start as well. You know, it's just – it's a great time. The springtime and the early summer is an amazing time uh, for, for sports. Um, and then you talk about tennis and, and everything. Once you start thinking about it, it's just you just start thinking about all the things that are happening. 
Um, but one one guy, if you want to if you want to concise that all down to one person and bring it back to basketball, one person who's just been getting it done as of late, Cavs rookie Colin Sexton, a rookie at Alabama, first round pick, number eight overall. Colin, he, he's 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 up to sixteen and a half points a game. Uh, we'd like to see his assist numbers go up. Uh, he's at two point eight assists right now and, and three rebounds a game. You would like to see him become more of a playmaker, but he's he's been scoring the ball at a at a ridiculous clip against San Antonio, twenty four points, uh, and that loss, a six point loss uh, for the Cavs Thursday night. He had twenty four against Boston. He had 18 against Milwaukee. He had 20 against the Clippers, 25 against Milwaukee. He had 20, you know, 27, 28, 23. And he broke the Cavs rookie record for most consecutive uh, games with 23 or more points. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had seven of them. And he scored 20 points or more in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of his last 11 games. And they've played, they've played, uh, 14 games this month and he's got 20 he's got 20 or more points you know in in 10 of those 14 games now the Cavs obviously aren't that good of a team this year and that's the LeBron James effect that's the effect of Kevin Love being injured um, and just being in a rebuilding phase just being a young team in that Eastern Conference but I mean Colin Sexton's really turned it on I mean he's he's shooting 46 percent from the field this month or he's 46% from three, excuse me, he's shooting 52% from the field. He's averaging 23 and a half points a game, um, you know, so, and he's shooting the ball well from the free throw line. He's shooting 82% from the free throw line. And this is sort of what we saw from Trey Young a couple of weeks ago when I did my rookie analysis on Trey Young. We looked at his month-by-month -month progression and just how Trey, it just, it seemed like he had just figured it out and figured out how NBA teams were playing him and just made adjustments while still being able to keep his teammates involved. Well, Colin's done the same thing. He's gone, when you look at his his point total jump, October, he was at 12 points a game. He jumped that up to 16 in November. He dipped a little bit in December. He dipped back down to 14 and, you know, 14 and a half. And then that dropped again in January. But in February, he ticked it back up again. In February, he was up to 18 a game, almost 19. And then, of course, this month, he's at 22 and a half. So, it's all about adjustment when you're a rookie and if you want to, you know, last in this, in the, in the league, especially in a league full of talented guards, um, even as far as, you know, in the Eastern conference, if you look, if you want to look at guards, you've got Kemba, you've got Kyrie, uh, depending, I guess you could call Ben Simmons a guard. You've got Eric Bledsoe, um, you've got Oladipo, you've got, um, who else is out East? Um, just, Dragic, you've got Trey Young. If you know comparing comparing rookies, you've got Trey Young in Atlanta. I mean, so you've got Kyle Lowry in Toronto. So there are a plethora of guards, talented guards, just in the Eastern Conference alone. And Collins coming in, you know, as a number one pick. Uh, he only played one year at Alabama, so he, he's he's barely twenty, if if he's even twenty yet. So. To do what he's done and to, to make the leap that he's made and to do it against the teams that he's played against this month, like the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, the Celtics, the, the Pistons, the 76ers, the Raptors, the Heat, Nets, 
So to do it against teams like that and to do it multiple times, it's not it's not like he's played these teams just once this month. He's run into these teams many times. He's played he's played the Pistons twice. Uh, he's played the Rap. I mean, he's played the Raptors once. He's he's played the Sixers and he's played the Celtics, but he's played the Bucks twice, and he's put up you know impressive numbers. And for for Colin to do that, it shows that his game is growing. He's figuring it out, um, and he's he's really primed to make a big leap his second year. If I could compare him to someone, I would probably compare him to to De'Aaron Fox uh, because Fox came into the league. Fox wasn't a great shooter. Um, that's something that he really worked on this year, but he was explosive in getting to the rim. And that's what we see from Colin. Colin might've come in as, as a, a better shooter than De'Aaron did. Um, but he, he didn't, I mean, he struggled, of course, he didn't shoot the ball that great, but he sort of picked it up and he's picking it up now. Colin was always quick with the ball and fast with the ball and could get to the rim and slash and get to the rim. Uh, just watching him at Alabama and covering him in Alabama, you could see that. And that translated into the NBA. And it was just figuring out how to, you know, get your shots, get to your spots and, and get shots up. And he's figured that out. He's done that. And he's figured out how to do it against the really good teams, not just the bad teams. And it helps to, to, to do it against the bad teams. Or I mean, everyone is good in the NBA, but some teams are just better than others. Um, so to do it against the teams who are not as good um, is not as impressive as it is to do it against the teams that have the veteran guys you know, the guard stoppers like a Kyle Lowry or even Eric Bledsoe uh, who could pose a challenge, you know, for a young guard like Sexton uh, or a Ben Simmons uh, or a Jimmy Butler, you know, depending on who's guarding him, you know, from Philadelphia, just to do it against guys like that, D'Angelo Russell. Um, so it shows his growth and it shows his maturity and just not even a full season. You know, the season's almost complete. But he's really done this the last like month. We sort of figured it out. And two out of the last three months, or you know, two out of the last five months. So I think Colin from year one to year two, we're gonna see a big progression, you know, from him. Uh we're gonna see it like we did with Darren Fox this year. I think I really do. I really if you could compare him, that's what I think we're looking at. And that's exciting. To me, it is at least. Uh and for a young Cavs team, like I said. Colin's going to have to be a leader for those guys. And I would love to see his playmaking abilities, you know, go up. I would love to see him get his teammates involved more. Uh, two assists a game for a point guard is not really going to cut it. And there's room for there's room for improvement there. And he's got the tools around him. He's got the players around him. He's got Larry Nance. He's got he's got Oseman. Um, he'll have Kevin Love for another year unless they just decide to dump his contract and trade him. Um, he's got guys around him who, who, who can make plays for sure. Um, it's just about – Getting back in the gym over the summer, he'll figure it out, um, and you know, and working on that kind of thing. He'll go probably play in the summer league again over the summer. Uh, he'll he'll build his chemistry with those guys, and next year I think the I think Colin could probably average. He could if he's getting eighteen a game, or if he's getting sixteen now, he could get eighteen next year. He can get eighteen, bump his assist numbers up to maybe like four or five a game, and then I think you're looking at a strong, you know, a really a really good career path uh, for Colin. Um, and so rightfully so other guys came in with maybe like a little more hype, like uh, Deandre Aiden, Doncic, Trey young. And that's probably going to be uh, the top three right there for rookie of the year. You're going to have Doncic, I think Trey young, Aiden, uh, Aiden's fallen off and Trey young's really gotten better. 
And then Colin Sexton may finish like fourth or fifth, especially with the way he's finished the season. He could jump up into that fourth. He may even be able to jump up ahead of Aiden, depending on how the voters see it. Um, Aiden's been a little more consistent. And, and when you look at consistency and longevity, that's why I think Doncic is going to win Rookie of the Year because Doncic has done it from October all the way up until now. Trey Young has really turned it on since December, January-ish. Um, but Doncic has been doing it since the, the very first the very first game. And Aiden's been able to do it since the very first game. Uh, Aiden's got... He's got maybe what, like forty. He's got like forty or fifty double doubles this year, uh, which is which broke his son. He's broken his son's rookie record for double doubles. So he's done it the whole year. He's averaging sixteen and ten, um, but you know it's still we still have to show love and we've got to show the appreciation for guys like Colin, who's really just turned it on and figured it out. Um, and that's what we're doing, and, and that's what this segment is for, and, and that's. And that's why I thought it was, you know, we needed to recognize that because he has played well as of late. I mean, it's not showing it as wins and W's for his team in the win column, but for him personally, what this is going to do for him from from t- this year to next year is going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be good for him. He's going to get back in the gym over the summer. He's going to come back next year, and I think he could average 18. I think he can get 18 a game. Uh, he's shooting the ball well from the field right now. That doesn't, and that's probably going to get better, you know, because he's going to be averaging more points. And Colin's going to be—he's going to be pretty dangerous. Um, he's going to—he's going to have a De'Aaron Fox-like jump. That's what I think. Um, but when we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to talk a little bit more about games that we have coming up, um, some of the bigger games that we had over the week, and uh, we're going to get into um, just how the season's going to wrap up. So, some more. Check the scoreboard coming up after the break. All right, welcome, Ben. This is the final segment here of episode 30 of Check the Scoreboard. I wanted to say 29, but it's episode 30. Before we go any further, shout out to Justin McNally. Thank you, Justin, for coming on last week and being my interview guest. Um, if you guys missed last week's episode, me and Justin talked about the Pacers. Uh, we really keyed in on those guys and, and what they've been able to do uh, since Victor Oladipo's injury. And speaking of the Pacers, they clinched the playoff spot this week. They've been struggling a little bit, but they've, they've clinched a playoff spot. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference, 45-30. and 30. Um, Still 28-9 at home. You know, just uh, whatever, what Nate McMillan's been able to do with those with those guys since Victor Oladipo's injury in, in January has been really spectacular. Um, and, and that's really – there's no other word. There, there's no other word for it. It's, it's spectacular. It's really good. Uh, but – we had a we had a MVP possible you know clash uh, between Milwaukee and, and Houston on Tuesday night um, that was really spoiled by Eric Bledsoe and that was what this week's blog topic was about and it was going to be about you know Giannis versus Harden and and the whole MVP thing and and really just the one two race between those two guys whether you have Harden ahead of Anunokounmpo or whether you've got Giannis ahead of of, of Harden. Personally, I'm rocking with Giannis. I picked Giannis before the season started. I'm going to go with Giannis until the end. Um, we're on the Giannis train until this until this train runs out of steam. So uh, Houston loses. You know, Giannis has a, has a strong game. He finishes with 19 and 14 rebounds. Harden finishes with 23 points. He didn't shoot that well from the field, but Eric Bledsoe really played his tail off. Eric Bledsoe had 23 points. He uh, he led the he led the Bucks in scoring. 
He had seven assists. He had two big blocks on James Harden. And I mean big because, I mean, they were pretty impressive swats. He came from behind. And just the defense he played on Harden. Um, and it was really just the entire Bucks as a team. But but really, Bledsoe, he played him off to his left. So he said, hey, I'm going to take away your left side. You're not getting this step back three off. And I'm going to make you drive. So Bledsoe played him off to the side, almost like he was playing from behind, and drives Harden to the rim or into the paint. And then just before you knew it, it was three bucks around him. Just three guys just collapsed around Harden, making him pass out. It was like it was like Bledsoe from behind, and you had either Middleton on one side and Giannis on the other, or you had like Giannis and Brooke Lopez. It was just a constant stream of arms in Harden's face, and it made it tough for him. He didn't shoot free throws until the third quarter. I mean, George Hill commits a silly foul, and Harden gets three free throws, and those were the first free throws he shot uh, of the entire game, and it come almost like towards the end of the third. So, um just but it was a, it was great it was great it was a it was a really good game um you know it was the headline was really spoiled but i mean Bledsoe played his butt off and so what can you do uh, besides give props to to a guy like to a guy like Bledsoe? um what else what else do we have i mentioned the russell games uh just absolutely magnificent D'Angelo russell was last week um the lakers are out of it there's no need to mention them um, we've had some pretty good games though. I mean, Devin Booker, for what it's worth, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have a, a Phoenix Suns plug and a Devin Booker plug, it's going to be about his, his back-to-back 50 point games, 59 against, uh, Utah and then turns around the next night or whatever and, and drops 50 on the Wizards. It's, it's a shame. It, I mean, like it really is like, I keep beating this horse as a Suns fan, but like, I can't help but to be walking on eggshells when I talk about Devin because, yeah, his extension kicks in this summer, his five-year extension. So he's at least going to be here for two of those three year, two of those five years. But I just – they have to figure out a way to get him some help. And I know Uber is out for the year with, with that thumb injury. And TJ Warren hasn't played since January. But, I mean, the Suns were out of it, like, way before, like, way before that Warren injury. Um, they had lost so many games where it was despicable. But like what Devin is doing to be like the third youngest player to have, he's 22 years old and being like the third youngest player to have back-to-back 50-point games. It's incredible. Like people are talking about how he's not a superstar. Book's not a superstar. This book's not a superstar. That the Suns are terrible. The only reason why he's so good is because he's on a bad Suns team. Say what you want, but I don't see any of your favorite players scoring 50 freaking points. Um, I'm sorry, like unless your favorite player is James Harden or LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, I don't see your or Giannis. I don't see your favorite player scoring 50 points, um, or you know, I don't see your favorite player scoring 30 points on every single team in the league unless his name is Kevin Durant. I mean, not Kevin Durant, but James Harden. Um, so, and that's what Devin Booker's done. I mean, he scored at least 30 on every team in the league except for the Suns. Uh, he's got back-to-back 50-point nights. He's got a 70-point game. And the really just the downfall of it all is the fact that Book scored over 30 points or more or whatever in about, you know, in like nine of the Suns' last 11 games. I had a tweet about it, but I'm actually going to look it up like right now because it's it's baffling how any his assist numbers have gone up incredibly. I mean, so it's not like he's just ball hogging the ball. He's averaging 27 and he's averaging 27 and seven and four rebounds. Um, so his, his numbers are up. He's getting his teammates involved, which is what they asked him to do for whatever reason. I mean, like 
they thought he was going to play point guard this year, which was already a red flag because Book, I mean, yeah, he can do it, but I, I like it better when he doesn't have to worry about getting everybody else involved, you know, consciously. I want it to just come naturally to him. And, and maybe it is coming naturally to him now because he's the number one option and he's still figuring out a way to score. He doesn't make the all-star team this year, and I blame it on the Suns being such a crappy team. But, I mean, he scored <laughs> he scored at least – he scored 20 every single game this month, and he scored at least 25 – and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve games. Twelve games out of fourteen. He scored at least twenty-five or more. And he's got twenty-five or more in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight. You know how many wins Phoenix has in that in that stretch? They have two. They beat Golden State and they beat the Pelicans. They've lost one, two, three. They've lost five in a row. But just he's averaging 33 points a game this month to go along with seven assists and five rebounds. He's doing everything that he can, and they just they still can't win. He has they have to get him help. Whether it be in the draft or they make a trade for a point guard. I'm I don't think that they need to go after Terry Rozier, just because I don't think that would be a great addition. Um, to the team and what they need. Uh, so it would be great if James Jones could stay away from that, but they got to figure out a way to turn it around or book or book could be out of there. He could be demanding a trade with like three years left on his contract or whatever uh, soon. So um, I love the commitment that he's shown to the city and, and the team needs to commit to him. That's what they've got to do for him to have 59 and 50 and to lose both of those games and to, to have the 70 point game that he had like two or three years ago, against Boston when he was 20 years old and they lose that game. Like what else do you want him to do? Like, does he have to score? If he's having to score over 50% of the points and you still lose, like what else do you, do you just need him to score hundred percent of the points? Do you just need him to score all 100 and like three points that we average for him to just to get the dubs? Like, I don't know what you need, but they got to figure it out. Um, it's not good. It's not good in Phoenix for whatever it is they need to, they need to do it. Uh, Spurs. The Spurs honored Manu Ginobili Thursday night. Cool gesture. Not even a cool gesture. They retired his jersey. Uh, obviously, you knew that was going to happen. Uh, you knew that was going to happen. He's the first, you know, they did, or I think they did Duncan, and then Ginobili got his jersey retired, and then whenever Tony Parker decides that he's, he doesn't have any more in the tank, his, his jersey's going up like that, too. So, uh, San Antonio legends, Spurs legends, uh, headliners for so long, you know, they haven't missed the playoffs since like before I was born or like barely like when I was born uh, under Popovich. Uh, just the streak, just the consistency and the models and the faces when you think about that franchise, Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. They've done it for so long. They've what? Duncan's got five championships or four championships. Parker's got four. Ginobili's got like what? He's got three or four. So or actually Duncan has five. He's got five. Parker's got four. Ginobili's got four. Uh, it's, I mean, it's incredible uh, what those guys have been able to do. Also, Chris Bosh having his number retired by the Miami Heat this week. Uh, shout out to Chris Bosh. That's incredible. Uh, anytime you've got your number hanging in the rafters, you know that that says something about what you meant to that team and that community uh, and that fan base. So, 
a big shout out to those guys. And as we take a look at the weekend, the weekend schedule that we got coming up, Pacers Celtics uh, Friday night on NBA TV, um, Wizards Jazz, Denver Oklahoma City, uh, strong games here. Portland Atlanta, that's a dangerous game for for Portland without McCollum, without Nurkic. Um, then Saturday, Kings Rockets, Trailblazers Pistons. You got Magic Pacers. That's a big game for the Magic. You got Heat Knicks. Uh, you got Sixers. You know Sixers and Wolves on NBA TV. Suns Grizzlies. And then on Sunday you've got Bucks Hawks. You've got Thunder Magic. You've got Kings Spurs, uh, Wizards Nuggets. Uh, you know you got Memphis and LA. The Clippers. That is so strong weekend coming up um, of of games and and. I've just recapped some of the bigger the bigger moments from this past week. So um, that's going to do it for this episode, man. Um, when I speak to you guys again, when we when we meet again, I hope you know we meet again. We're as fortunate. It'll be April, so uh, the month of March is is over. We're done. We're moving into a new month. The year's flying by. Have a great weekend, guys. Have a strong weekend. Be safe. Uh, if you're if you're traveling, be safe. Uh, if you're going out, be safe. Um, hanging out with friends, you know, just enjoy it. If you're watching basketball, the Sweet 16 tips off, or it's already tipped off. Uh, but, you know, we've got the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight this weekend. Enjoy enjoy watching good basketball, you know, on both the college and, and the professional level. Um, and the women's tournament, the NCAA tournament for the women's, they're also in the Sweet 16, so, um, and the Elite Eight this weekend. So, um, great basketball all around this weekend. It's baseball season. You know, so we're, we're once again at the point where we're, we're not going any days without any sort of like sport being on. You know, we're about to hit that golden age uh, of, of the year. And, and and I just want everyone to have a great weekend and to enjoy it and to be strong. And, and I hope to, to have you guys listen in next week. Um, and so that's going to do it for episode 30 of Check the Scoreboard. Um, thank you guys for tuning in weekly. The blog is doing well. I look forward to getting you guys another post next week. I think we're going to dive and finally we're going to actually dive into the one, two race between Giannis and Harden. Um, I think that's what I want to do. So I look forward to bringing you guys that, uh, but I mean, that's all we got, man. I, that's it. Have a great weekend. I can't stress it enough. I really want you guys to have a, strong, a solid weekend. Episode 30. We're out.